0: Well, hello, music teacher friends. Welcome to episode number 84 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock, and today I am sharing an episode that originally aired last summer. It's titled, Cheers to a Less Conventional August." And my hope is it will help you get your mind spinning in innovative directions as a new academic year looms ahead of us. (laughs) I know, I know, teachers don't like to think about new school years over the summer, but ready or not, here it comes. This episode is full of tips to help make re-entry a little more exciting and a little less overwhelming. Honestly, I just finished re-listening to it, and this doesn't usually happen, but even I enjoyed hearing my own ideas again, which... is probably really strange to admit. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, it's definitely worth a listen, in my humble opinion, even if you heard it the first time. So, without further ado, I'm going to blast you back in time to July 19th, 2021, when this episode originally aired. I will pop back on at the end to wish you well. Thanks so much, my friends! I feel like there are certain times in the calendar year that really seem to benefit from shaking things up a little bit. (laughs) One of those is most definitely like the very end of the school year. And actually, at least in my experience, I would say the same for the start of the school year. So over the last several years, I have settled into a rhythm that works pretty well for me, at least when we're not in the midst of a global pandemic. (laughs) And I thought I would share that with you today. So today's episode is cheers to a less conventional August. I am sharing all of this not because I think you need to replicate my system in your own studio, but just because I know that I find myself inspired by ways that other teachers shake things up a little bit. And I thought that this might help you ponder your own ideas for this year, or at least for future years if it's a little late now. There was a time when the month of August felt like total madness for me. (laughs) Of course, I would be sweating bullets over assembling a new fall schedule only to have family after family request changes once the soccer schedule rolled in and student council meetings got announced. (laughs) Getting kids back into a practice routine while they were establishing new school schedules always felt harder than it should be. And of course, I would quietly mourn the ability to actually cook dinners at a decent hour for my family and all of the restructuring that comes with the return of the school year. (laughs) So I'm sure at least one of those aspects sounds familiar to you. And I wish I could tell you, here is the solution to it all. (laughs) But that's not exactly what I'm doing today. However, I have learned how to make the best of it, at least for me. So just for your reference, so you can kind of envision how things work around here. My monthly tuition begins in the month of August and it runs through May. Um, Just so you understand how things work with the school calendars, uh, most of our local schools will go back in session either that first or second week of August, depending on the district. My August piano lessons do not begin until the third week of the month, which this year falls on August 16th. Taking those first two weeks off is really important to me, (laughs) mostly because it gives me some uninterrupted time with my own kids before they're back in school, but also because absolutely zero of my studio families are disappointed that we don't have lessons those weeks. (laughs) There's just too much going on. So for those last three weeks in August where we do have lessons, get this, my friends, my students pretty much only come in groups. I send out a Google form asking for availability just for those three weeks to get us started. And then I group kids up by age into one-hour sessions. This accomplishes a whole bunch of things. (laughs) First of all, it offers a temporary, like, band-aid kind of situation on fall schedules until student routines and activities have a chance to settle in a little bit. I do end up collecting schedule requests for the rest of the year, that final week in August, which gives me a much more accurate picture of what a student's schedule really is before I end up fielding a billion panicked messages from families whose ballet class just got moved to Thursday at 6 or whatever it might be. You know how it is. As far as the classes themselves, I have a whole session that I present to music teacher groups about how to make supplemental group classes work for your studio. So I can't begin to get into all of the details in our short time frame here on the podcast, but I'll give you a few highlights. Basically, I use these three weeks of August group classes to highlight like really big picture themes for the year. So for instance, one year we did a conducting pattern emphasis, which of course is really just my sneaky way of getting my students to listen more carefully for like duple versus triple meter. (laughs) But we learned all the standard conducting patterns in those three weeks and we ended up using them in their lessons and in the rest of the year's performance classes the whole year long. This year... I'm 99% sure that we are going to focus on building good practice habits. I have Jennifer Fox's practice camp workshop, and I think I'm going to spread a lot of those materials out over the course of the three August group weeks. My students know that any group meeting over the course of the year involves some kind of performance element. Side note, this is why I call my classes performance classes rather than piano parties or whatever other titles teachers use. But in these August groups, I like to have themes so that my students are plenty aware of what they should bring to class. So the first week back is always like summer show and tell week (laughs) where students bring something to play that they've worked on this summer very loose, very casual, (laughs) just something they've been working on. The next week is often throwback week where they bring something that they learned to play a year or more ago. (laughs) Friends, this is so much fun. I can't even begin to tell you. I could do a whole episode on this alone. But students think that they are so funny like when they show up and they bring their old primer books back or like an old, old piece of sheet music from their earliest studies. (laughs) But I love the way that this encourages students to circle back to old favorite pieces And I also love the opportunity it gives them to perform pieces that are well under their current levels of study. I have kind of a soapbox issue of wanting my students to understand that there is actual merit in performing works that are quote unquote too easy for us. (laughs) Whatever that means, right? (laughs) Anyway, so we usually do summer show and tell week followed by throwback week. And my third group class in August is often Happy Birthday Week. (laughs) I mentioned back in episode 28 that I have a total obsession with the Happy Birthday song and making sure that all of my students can play it in their own way at the drop of a hat. So for this class, each student is asked to bring their own rendition of how they're playing Happy Birthday in their own way. (laughs) I find it is so easy to come up with oodles of activities surrounding the happy birthday theme. Um, I get some balloons, we eat some kind of treat, and it ends up being the perfect ending to our August group classes. So, so fun and sneakily reinforces the fact that I desperately want my students to be able to play happy birthday in public. (laughs) Also, please note, of the three classes I described, this is definitely the most specific performance assignment, so I make sure that students know the schedule ahead of time, which gives them at least three weeks at this point to get their fingers back around happy birthday if they need it, which they shouldn't, but you know. So yeah, group classes in August have been a huge saving grace for me. They save my schedule. They are fun, especially this year, considering the fact that we didn't get to have these last year. They get the kids excited for piano this upcoming year. And even though the lesson planning aspects of them are time consuming, I am still not teaching anywhere near the number of contact hours I normally do, So it really helps me ease my own self back into a more strict teaching routine. (laughs) Not to mention the fact that it helps me navigate the start of a new school year for my own kids. (laughs) I should probably mention the bulk of my high schoolers really only have one group class they meet for. They are mostly working on competition rep and that type of thing and they need the private lesson time. So we will generally meet as a group that third week in August, but they have individual lessons the first two weeks. Also, if I have students whose August schedules don't jive with other studio mates their own age, I just see them privately as well. It's an easy, low pressure solution. I try to get them in groups when they can come, but if not, fine, I'll just teach them like usual. (laughs) This doesn't have to work for you. Hear me, you may hate this idea, and that's okay. But for me, it's just a win, 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 huge win. (laughs) So what about those initial weeks that I'm taking off? What do I do with that time? Well, I wish I could tell you that I sit by the pool sipping fruity drinks, (laughs) but I don't. And by the way, if that's what you do, more power to you. Show me your ways. (laughs) But for me, those early August weeks when I'm not teaching, I actually do something that you're probably going to think is a little strange. (laughs) I sit down with my student roster and I plan the majority of their repertoire for the entire year. I'm a little crazy about it. I can't lie. (laughs) I take index cards with my students' names on them. If you've listened to my episode on one word, I think it's episode 12. I actually use those cards, (laughs) but I lay them out all over my kitchen where there is ample counter space and I start pulling music for each student and I just stack it on top of their card. (laughs) Friends, I have so much fun doing this. (laughs) I love music. I love assigning music. I teach a huge variety of music. I stockpile ridiculous amounts of music. And this is why. (laughs) I tend to start with any selections for events where their music has to come from a list. For instance, things like the National Federation of Music Clubs, festival list, right, where one of the student's performance selections has to come from a specific list, I will usually start with my predictions for those pieces and then kind of frame everything out from there. Um, I love, like, I don't know, I just love looking into the future and imagining what my students are going to be playing next spring. (laughs) I do this with all of their competition and recital rep as well. I decide what Christmas book I'm going to give them, if I'm going to give them one, If they need a new method series, I am able to go ahead and put a bulk order in for all of those things and take advantage of back-to-school discounts, by the way. (laughs) And I don't know, I'm just someone who does better getting, like, in the zone, doing this planning for a few days, and then having it behind me. Now, the question you're inevitably asking is, aren't you wrong sometimes? (laughs) And the answer is sure. (laughs) Sometimes students don't progress as far as I think they're going to because unexpected things have come up in their lives throughout the year. Sometimes they progress much farther. And by the time I go to distribute those festival pieces I chose, I realize theirs is way too simple for them. For me, that's a fun discovery and a reason to celebrate. But really, it helps me set intentional goals for each individual student. I'll usually take some notes on each student as I go, which really helps me in the initial round of student evaluations I send out in the early fall. And I just think it's good for parents to see that I have taken the time to set goals for their children And for the record, that also gives me something easy to refer back to, for better or for worse, when I send out the later round of evaluations in the spring. A few days of solid planning in August, for me, sets me up for success the rest of the year. And since I'm not teaching, I have the mental bandwidth to go like really, really deep, which is not always a luxury that I have during the academic year. For the record, this was not my idea. Years ago, when I was living in Northeast Ohio uh, during my undergraduate degree, there was this lovely teacher and human being by the name of Kim Bauckham, And Kim used to give me just wonderful guidance as a developing teacher. She told me one time that she takes the entire month of August and plans all of her students' repertoire for the year. And honestly, I thought she was nuts. (laughs) I've shared before that my early 20s were the years in which I was a little too sure that I knew what I was doing in the teaching department. So when Kim told me that system, I couldn't help but think it was just a terrible waste of time and how she was ultimately limiting her students to her own expectations and yada, yada, yada. But years ago, I had a change of heart. I gave it a try and I have never looked back. As someone who spent too many years ordering holiday books and festival rep at the 11th hour, ultimately landing students in music that wasn't the absolute best fit for them, this process does so much to prevent that from happening. Plus, again, I just feel like it's a great way to like flex the repertoire muscles in my brain. (laughs) I seriously get so excited deciding what terrific music my students are going to be playing this year. You've probably gathered that I pride myself in truly teaching the individual in front of me, and making sure that I have chosen rep specifically with each student in mind is really important to me. This is something that brings me an inexplicable amount of joy. Hear me now. I am flexible with these plans. I promise I am. If a student ends up hating a piece I have planned, we switch gears. A lot of times I'll purposely plan a like this or that selection, meaning I'll give the student a choice between two pieces because we all know it's good for our students to have some say in what they're playing. Honestly, though, my students after years of this happening, now know that August is my planning time, and they get excited knowing that that's what I'm doing. I've already had students asking me if I've started picking their music yet. I laugh and tell them that that's Mrs. Whitlock's August job. (laughs) Anyway, like I said at the top of this episode, I do not expect you to adopt these exact same strategies but I do hope that you've been inspired today to explore some new systems that might work for you. The worst thing that can happen is you'll find something that you never want to try again, (laughs) and then at least you know. And with that, allow me to send you off with a toast today. Music teacher friends of the world, today we are celebrating that superhero power that we all have, thinking outside the box. (laughs) The month of August is a great time to set your future self up for success. I hope that this episode has left you thinking of ways that you can use that exciting energy of a new school year to make something easier for yourself later down the road. (laughs) Or to try something that you've wanted to try for a long time. (laughs) Or if quiet and rest are what you really need the most, then live it up, my friends. Cheers, friends, to knowing what we need and then having the guts to make it happen. <laughs> hear, hear. All right, I'm bringing you back to the present, back to the year 2022. Thank you for listening to today's replay also known as episode 84 of the Beyond Measure podcast. Please make sure we're friends on social media. Come find me on Facebook and on Instagram. And know that you can always, always send me an email at beyondmeasurepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. We'll talk soon. Onward and upward to enjoying the rest of our summer.